Every year, hundreds of new Christmas songs are written and recorded, yet no matter what songs come out, or how many new covers of classics are made, or how much Michael Buble's voice makes a swoon, the number one Christmas song is always All I Want For Christmas Is You by Mariah Carey. Today, we're talking about the Christmas music that tops the holiday charts every year and why we are drawn to the repetitive classics instead of the new stuff. Are you ready? It's time to wake up. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Open at them. Rise and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on. The coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. What's up, my nerds? Nerds! I work with a bunch of nerds. I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. Welcome to the Back Row Morning Show, a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network and the official exclusive morning show for LTN Radio. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and chief radio nerd. I'm 18 years saved, 16 years married, 11 years recovered, 7 years a father, and 36 years a nerd. And I'm Mo. A lot of things wrapped up in one small yet loud package. Your very own casserole of a co-host doing my best to bring the best, but one thing I'm not is good at math. The Back Row Morning Show covers a wide range of topics from all across church and pop culture, and we usually take in threes, three segments focusing on different aspects of our discussion. You're listening to our weekly compilation of the main topic segments from this past week's morning shows. This week, we're talking about the most popular Christmas songs of all time. Before we jump into our discussion, here's your Back Row Games update for the week. We have announced our next booster packs, the 2021 booster pack with new cards based around the memes and news of 2021 and the Holy Veggies deck with cards inspired by our favorite talking vegetables who share Bible story, not officially licensed, of course. Now, those will come out in January. We've got two more boosters coming out in February, which we have not officially announced yet, but Keep an eye open for our biggest expansion yet coming in March, the White Box. But in the meantime, go ahead uh, and check out our cleaner and meaner redesigned backrowgames.com. It's the week of Christmas, and we are looking at the music that fills our ears and then subsequently our hearts every Christmas. Today, we're looking at the 100 most popular Christmas songs of all time. We're essentially just going to read this list and kind of riff on what's our favorites. Well, what are we, yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, plow through it. One million dollars. <laughs> now, this is a list from Billboard. Uh, it is based on the last 10 years worth of their holiday. A top 100 okay. uh, billboard chart that they've been keeping. I believe they've only been keeping it for about 10 years. Okay. Um, and the first two, number 100 and number 99, are from Justin Bieber's Christmas album. <laughs> Seems appropriate. Drummer Boy featuring Busta Rhymes. And then All I Want for Christmas is You, Super Festive with Mariah Carey. I mean... There's a Justin Bieber version of All I Want for Christmas is You. If you're going to try and take on <laughs> Mariah, you might as well just Mariah, say, hey, let's let's just team up. <laughs> it's mostly going to be you, but I'm going to put my name on the album. Uh, <laughs> and it's going to be sped up. <laughs> number nine, number, yeah. number 98 is Winter Wonderland by Amy Grant. Good old Amy Grant. Man. All right. 97, a classic Andy Williams, Silver Bells. 
silver bells. Silver bells. It's Christmas time in the city. <laughs> this is going to be the whole show. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know this one. Uh, Pentatonix White Winter Hymnal, which I can't say for certain, but I feel like it's a... Like a medley of okay. a couple different songs. Okay. Uh, number I love pentatonics. Though. I mean, they're great. Yep. They're great. They're great. Uh, Jingle Bells by Michael Bublé. Dashing through the snow. Featuring the Pupini Sisters. Uh, that's an awful name. <laughs> Pupini, Pupini. 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 <laughs> oh, Pupinis. <laughs> In the trash can. <laughs> So bad. Oh, oh very unfortunate. Andy Williams back on the chart in 94 with Do You Hear What I Hear. Oh, I Do love you. Do you hear okay. What I hear. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Black yeah. Buble again. I'll be home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I really like that song. I'll be home. I love it. Pentatonics again featuring Tori Kelly, which I didn't know they did a. The mm. joint thing, Winter Wonderland slash Don't Worry, Be Happy. I which is don't a, know that I've heard it, I and I'm either. very curious. That's don't confusing. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, the band, um, like band Loyals, uh, did a, no, Royals, Royals with a three instead of an A. <laughs> Uh, it's a it's a girl led or female vo- vocalist led. It might be an all girl band actually. Now that I'm thinking about it. Anyway, they did a version of uh, "Mary, Did You Know" mixed with um, "Reckless Love." Really, and it's beautiful. Interesting. It's beautiful. Interesting. <laughs> so that reminds me of that. Uh, Ninety one is "Christmas and Hollis" by Run DMC. There was one band I did not expect to see on this list. It was Run DMC, but they are right there. Why? Why? I don't know. I just no, no, don't, no, no, I don't no, associate no. them with Christmas no, music. No, no, that's not my why. Oh. Why, when you say Run DMC, do you automatically go to your more darker complected self? Darker complected? No, that's my hip hop. That's what I'm saying. That's racist if you think it's just dark complected people that like hip hop. Hold on. First of all, <laughs> anybody who's been listening to the show long enough knows who more of the hip hop guru he is here. Who mode a hip hop guru? <laughs> uh, it ain't you, friend. Hey, hey, I'm the radio person. Okay. Chill out. Uh, here we I'm go. I'm everything better. What, what's Whatever. number 90? What's uh, number 90? Josh Groban's Oh Holy Night. Mm-hmm. Is it Groban? Mm-hmm. Is it Groban? Yeah, it's Groban. Groban, that's right. Uh, Stevie Wonder at 89, What Christmas Means to Me. I love this version. I don't know that I've heard Stevie Wonder's version. Oh, it's so nice. I don't know. I don't think, I don't, well, I don't know who wrote it first. If it was his, then it's one of my favorite songs he's ever done. But I don't know. Uh, Chris Brown at 88 with This Christmas. Jordan Smith's version of Mary Did You Know at 87. No, This Christmas. I I know. (laughs) I'm just saying Chris Brown is wrong. It was last Christmas, not this Christmas. Uh, 86, John Williams' Carol of the Bells. Ba, ba, 
I mean, that's, that, that's not a not an artist really per se. More like a eighty-five Carpenters Home for the Holidays. Eighty-four Bing Crosby. Uh, do you hear what I hear? Um, with Ralph Carmichael, with the Ralph Carmichael Orchestra and Chorus. So it's like a big band kind of, do you hear what I hear? Uh, All I Want for Christmas is You <laughs> at 83 by Vince Vance and the Valiants. Oh, that's a terrible name to say. Vince Vance and the Valiants. There we go. Uh, 82. Are they, like, are they from the 60s, the 50s? It's All I Want for Christmas is You, which came out in 1994. And this is a cover. That song came out in 1994? Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You came out in 1994. She's the one who wrote it? I didn't realize she <laughs> oh, wrote yeah, it. Oh, yeah, that's hers. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. My bad. Isn't that crazy? But Vince... Vince Vance and the Valiants does sound like it's from the 60s. <laughs> I mean, that's like the the band that performed in Greece at their prom. Is it? At the bandstand. <laughs> Uh, 82, Like It's Christmas by the Jonas Brothers. 81, Oh Come All Ye Faithful by Nat King Cole. I could listen to Nat King Cole sing the phone book, (laughs) and I'd enjoy it. Mm -hmm. 80, New Songs, The Christmas Shoes. The Christmas Shoes. Yeah. Ugh. 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 79, Katy Perry, Cozy Little Christmas. 78, Whitney Houston's Do You Hear What I Hear. Mm -hmm. 77, David Foster's Carol of the Bells. Mm -hmm. 76, Sam Smith's Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. 75, Michael Buble's Santa Claus is Coming to Town. What? Buble did Santa Claus is Coming to Town? Oh, he sure did. His album is just... Do you not have that album? Mm -mm. That's like one of those essential albums you got to own for Christmas. It's so good. Uh, Pentatonics at 74 with this, uh, that's Christmas to me. Mm-hmm. 73, Bing Crosby, I'll be home for Christmas. And then 72, also Bing Crosby and the Andrews Mele sisters. Melikilikimaka. I think that's like the, this is the on a main one you hear in all the movies, right? Christmas Day. The one by yep. Bing Crosby. Silent Night uh, by The Temptations is at 71. The Chipmunk song, Christmas Don't Be Late by David Seville and the Chipmunks at number 70. Yeah. Christmas, Christmas time is here. Uh, Nat King Cole with Deck the Halls at 69. Yes, please. Uh, 68, In Sync <laughs> with Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Oh, and Happy Holidays. <laughs> yeah, Merry right. Christmas. It's all right. It's a good one. It's Merry Christmas. I'm fine with that. The Vince Gillardi. Merry Christmas. The Vince Gillardi Trio with O'Tannenbaum, uh, 67. The Vince Gillardi Trio is uh, what we associate with Peanuts, the Charlie Brown specials. Really? Yeah. Hi. Uh, they did most of the music, I believe, at least for the first one. Um, Michael Bublé, again, Christmas Baby, Please Come Home at 66. Jackson 5, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus at 65. Michael Bublé again with Shania Twain, White Christmas at 64. That's a... Obscure pairing, I feel like. Shania Twain? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hall and Oates did Jingle Bell Rock at number 63. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. Baby, It's Offensive Outside by Dean Martin. Hey. At 62. <laughs> I've got lots to say about that song, actually, but we'll go on. <laughs> no, go ahead. That's what we're here for. Say it. So, I think, you know, 
I, I've noticed that it plays a lot more. It's on even on television, and so I think that it's kind of a thing of the past. Yeah, now. it was like 2018 when it was really starting to be like, hey, this yeah. song's not about what you think it is. Right. Yes, it is. So Go the on. more that I've heard it recently, I've realized, yeah, there are some things in it that are slightly questionable, but as a woman hearing the woman sing, she's not at all... Um, like they're portraying the it like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, yeah. She's being <laughs> like, very cheeky I and really flirtatious. Can't and stay. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's really happening. Yeah. I wish I wish this part was on Twitch because you could have seen my face when I did that. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> clearly, yes, clearly. Anybody who thinks about it with their head brain longer than. 10 minutes. Well, well and understand. who actually listens. Right. Like, <sighs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Frank Sinatra with the B. Swanson Quartet, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, at 61. Can't we just call it Let It Snow? Do we have to use all three? I don't understand. We get the point after the first one. That's I what mean, I'm saying. just let it snow times three. <laughs> let it snow three times. Please. 60, White Christmas by the Drifters, uh, featuring Clyde McFatter and Bill Pinkney. Uh, get some better names, guys. Right? <laughs> 59, <laughs> Baby It's Cold Outside by uh, Idina Menzel uh, oh. with Michael Bublé. That's uh, Elsa. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what name John Travolta called her at the... Grammy Awards or whatever. Like, Adrenal Garden Bottle. Something weird. <laughs> something stupid. <laughs> something not even close to her name. <laughs> Very good, John. Uh, Very 58. Good. The Harry Simone Chorale did The Little Drummer Boy. Uh, 57. Gala Peavy's I Want a Hippopotamus for, for Christmas. Christmas. Only a hippopotamus <laughs> will do. do. 56. Taylor Swift, Last Christmas. 55, Elvis Presley, here comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane. Okay, hold up. Let's take it back to Taylor Swift. 56 real quick. Yeah. Okay, this is the Christmas song that I have issue with. Okay, good. Like, Last ser- Christmas? Serious. Not yes, necessarily Last Christmas. Taylor Swift's version. Last just... Christmas, I gave you my heart, and the and very the next day, you gave it away. This year, to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special. Hold up. Hold up. Why is it a Christmas thing to just give your heart to somebody? Why? And it's just been 365 days since the last time that you gave your heart away. And less than 24 hours later, he was gone. So you think that it's a good idea right now to just be all willy nilly because you think that this person is special. So you didn't think that last year's guy was special? (laughs) I like... This is the one Christmas song that every time I hear it, I'm like, you're an idiot. (laughs) Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. And the very next day, I had been dead for a day. Yeah. And you got arrested for organ harvesting. All right. Uh, (laughs) 54. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer by Bird Ive, Burl Ives. Sorry. Had a very uh, shiny nose. 53, Leroy, Leroy Anderson Sleigh Ride. 52, oh, 
it's Michael Bublé again. All I want for Christmas is you. Hmm. 51. Oh, it's Michael Bublé again. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Have yours. It's, oh, it is merry little Christmas. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Started it too low. Uh, 50. All right, halfway there. This Christmas, Donny Hathaway. It's last Christmas. 49. I thought you didn't like that song. I don't. 49. But... Merry Christmas, Darling by the Carpenters. Uh, you don't hear that one much. Mm-mm. 48. Have yourself a Merry Little Christmas, Frank Sinatra. 47. <gasps> Kristen Bell, Do Agatha Lee, Mom, and Katie Lopez. Do you want to build a snowman? Come on, let's go and play. Not technically a Christmas song. Uh, 46. Anymore. Jimmy I'm Durante's Frosty the Snowman. It's like you've gone away. <laughs> 45. Christmas Baby Please Come Home by Mariah Carey. 44. Christmas Baby Please Come Home by Darlene Love. Dang. Listen, that's got to be like a <laughs> gut punch for Mariah Carey. Like, <laughs> right. Sorry. So close to having the definitive Darlene Christmas Baby Please Come Home. Darlene sang it a little home. bit better. <laughs> 43. Jackson 5. Santa Claus is coming to town. 42. Perry Como. There's no place like home for the holidays. 41. Michael Buble. Who'd have thunk it? Holly Have jolly a Christmas. holly jolly Christmas. 40, Run, Rudolph, Run, which is actually Run, Run, Rudolph in the lyrics by Chuck Berry. <laughs> run, Run, Rudolph, Santa Claus, Merry Do Now, whatever. Uh, 39, Frank Sinatra's Jingle Bells. 38, Perry Como and the Fontaine Sisters with Michael Ayers and his orchestra. It's Forgetting to look a lot like Christmas. Hey, you messed it up. I'm sorry. Little Saint Nick? <laughs> Ooh, Little Saint Nick. You know that? Oh. One? Beach Boys, okay. 37, Little St. Nick. I Do you know I really love the Beach Boys? Yeah. I am a huge yeah. Beach Boys fan. Yeah. Yeah. They're great. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic. Uh, 36, Pentatonix, Little Drummer Boy. Mm-hmm. 35, Bruce Springsteen's. I wasn't being sarcastic when I said that. No, I know. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm realizing it kind of sounded sarcastic. No. They're fantastic. Yes, they're great. Sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. But I do really... <laughs> <laughs> like the Beach Boys. 35, Santa Claus is Coming to Town by Bruce Springsteen. 34, Where Are You Christmas oh, by Faith why Hill. Why can't I find you? 33, Linus and Lucy, Vince Gillardi Trio. I believe this is all instrumental, but it's very good. Okay. Uh, 32, It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas, Bing Crosby with Judd Conlon's Rhythmares, <laughs> John Scott Trotter and his orchestra. Guys, <laughs> come up with a new band name for, for just everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Santa Baby by Eartha Kitt with uh, Henry Rene and his orchestra is 31. Slip a sable under <sighs> the tree. That song makes me uncomfortable. Put <laughs> <laughs> an angel all year. Santa Stop it. Baby. <laughs> so hurry, hurry down, down the chimney tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> 30, Band Aid, Do They Know It's Christmas? That was that big conglomeration of musicians and actors, I think, doing this big charity thing. Okay. Johnny Mathis, It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas at 29. Vince Gallardi Trio's Christmas Time is Here, 28. That's the one you hear in Peanuts, the mm. Christmas special. Uh, the Eagles, Please Come Home for Christmas at 27. Pentatonix is Hallelujah, which Ooh. is also not technically a Christmas yeah. song, but also at 26. 
Here Comes Santa Claus, right down Santa Claus Lane by Here Gene Autry. Here Comes Santa Claus. Here Comes Santa Claus. That's a 25. Kelly Clarkson's Underneath the Tree is a 24. I stick myself right up underneath my tree so my family remembers that I am a gift. Stick myself all up inside that tree. <laughs> That's right. 23 Sandy Williams, Happy Holiday slash happy the holiday season. I like that one. That's a that's a mm, mm -hmm. that's a classic. All the merry bells keep ringing. 22s, you're a mean one, Minster Grinch, mm -hmm. by Thurl Ravenscroft, which I believe is the original singer of that song. For the cartoon. Uh, Santa Tell Me by Ariana Grande. Okay. Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. People hate this song, but it is in the top 20, guys. It's number 20. I have oh, yet. Oh, is it simply having a wonderful Christmas time? I think that the reason why people don't like this song is because it's like the number one played song in department stores. When you go into a a mall and into the department store, you're gonna it hear it lot, at yeah. least a handful of times while you're there. <laughs> Trans Siberian Orchestra's Christmas Cannon is a nineteen. I mean that one you hear that all the time, but I don't think you ever know who it's, who did it. Yeah, it's that kind of rockish Christmas thing that usually a lot of people do like their light shows to at their home. They're like animated oh, light shows. Oh yeah. Yeah, that one. Uh, Blue Christmas by Elvis Presley. This 18. Oh. is a classic. Justin Bieber's Mistletoe is at 17. Okay. I don't know why I see like Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, even Taylor Swift at a a bit like I don't think you belong here Blech. but that's oh. that's my, own, that's my own thoughts uh <laughs> happy Chris or happy Xmas war is over uh, is at 16 by John and Yoko or the plastic Ono band with the harem Harlem community choir sorry sleigh ride by the Ronettes is at 15 14 is it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas by Michael Bublé 13, Mary Did You Know by Pentatonix. 12, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer by Gene Autry. 11, Christmas Eve, uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra. That actually might be the one that's used in the Christmas lights displays most. I think I got those confused. Mm. All right, top 10, are you ready? I am ready. Number 10, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow by Dean Martin. <laughs> let it snow three times. <laughs> let it snow all the three times. <laughs> it can snow. Number nine, Bing Crosby's White Christmas. Number eight, Wham's Last Christmas. And that's the original one there. Number seven, It's the Most Wonderful Time of the Year. The most wonderful time. That wasn't anywhere else on this list, was it? I don't this think is the that first it... time I think that song's been on the list. Uh, no. One other. Was it one other? Okay. One other. It's. I mean, this list has been so long. Kitchen, go <laughs> Andy Williams. And everyone telling Number you. six, Jose Feliciano's Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. All right, Burl Ives. <laughs> Number five. A Holly Jolly Christmas. That's the first time this one's been on there. Yes. Holly Jolly Christmas, Burl Ives. Uh, Nat King Cole at number four with the Christmas song, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, that's the, I, I, 
to sing Merry Christmas to you. That one. I don't remember how it starts. No. Isn't it? No. Which one is that one? That's Melikaliki Maka. Oh, it is. Well, what's this one? I don't know. How do I not know what this song is right off the bat? If it's number th- 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 three. Number four. Uh, the Christmas song. Christmas song. Merry Christmas to, to you. you. Nat King Cole lyrics. <sighs> Oh, this is chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Oh, chestnuts roasting. Yeah, that makes much more sense. Fire. Although it's been said many times, many ways. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to you. Bobby Helms, Jingle Bell Rock at jingle number three. Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell Rock. Number two, Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. And Have of course, a happy holiday. The number one song, and it has been the number one song every year. I don't understand that. At it. Christmas time, since its release 27 years ago. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. As much as I feel like mentally I dislike this song, I also sing it all Christmas long. It's like always stuck in my head. It is the earworm of earworms. I can't get it out of my head. I typically turn it off. I'm not (laughs) even going to lie. It doesn't matter. I just need those first few words and it's stuck in my head for... For the week. And I love Mariah Carey. <laughs> I am a huge Mariah Carey fan. But I don't know. There's a me, me. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> and the more I hear it, the worse it gets. The whinier it sounds. All the lights are shining so brightly everywhere. Well, that is the Billboard 100 Greatest of All Time Holiday Songs. Uh, The Hanukkah song's not on here. Sorry, Adam Sandler. Uh, (laughs) This week is all about Christmas music. When we come back, we're going to talk about why so many of the songs on the top of today's list were made decades ago. More after the break. Hey everyone, I'm Kip Wilkinson, and this is Reviews of the Nerds. Today I'm reviewing The Horse and His Boy by C.S. Lewis. The Horse and His Boy is the third book, although that placement is arguable, in the Chronicles of Narnia. The Horse and His Boy follows a young boy named Shashta living on the outskirts of the Kalerman Empire. Shashta is tending to the horse of a visitor when the horse bends its neck down to meet Shashta and begins to talk. The horse tells Shashta that his name is Bree and that Shashta's father intends to sell the boy. Reeling from the revelations, Shashta is at a loss, unsure how to save himself. Then Bree tells the boy of his homeland, a place of freedom, a place of hope, a place called Narnia. Shashta and Bree then set out at a full run to this free land, but along the way they discover a plot for the Kalerman army to invade Narnia. Now, the horse and his boy are on a mission to save a country, and hopefully themselves. 
along the way. C.S. Lewis is a respected author the world over, and The Chronicles of Narnia is his most celebrated creation. The inspiration for the Narnia series came to him through many conversations with a group of friends known as the Inklings. And the fire in which the world of Narnia was forged was fueled by Lewis's best friend, J.R.R. Tolkien. I've loved the Narnia series since I was a kid, and I try to reread the books every year around Christmas time. It's hard to decide on a favorite, but for me, The Horse and His Boy has always held a special place in my heart. It's impossible to read this book and not be struck by the grace and sovereignty of God. As someone who has lived most of their life feeling worthless and unimportant, this book always reminds me that we all have value in the eyes of Jesus. I give this book a 9 out of 10. I'm Kip Wilkinson, and remember, not every wardrobe has a magical world hidden inside, but it doesn't hurt to check. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And every week, these three main segments get spread out across three daily morning shows on LTN Radio. And they include a lot more content, including weird news, random facts, games, challenges, rants, Discord arguments, junk food, and more. And you can be a part of all that by following us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash LTN on air. So you'll be notified when we go live. You can even be a part of the show. And make sure you catch our full morning shows every Monday through Thursday on LTNonair.com at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10. Last time we went through the top 100 Christmas songs of all time based on the Billboard Holiday 100 list. One of the things we noticed is that much of the list, especially the top 20, were full of songs made decades ago. And that's why that's the way it is every year, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? <laughs> So we're going to talk about, we got an article here from the Washington Post. It's called, All We Want for Christmas is dot, 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 these songs, and here's why. This is by Bonnie Berkowitz. She says, for a few weeks every winter, popular music tumbles into a time warp. Old school trumps cutting edge. Greatest generation artists rule millennial playlists. A 27-year-old song leads the pop charts, and it's considered a new entry into the Christmas canon. 20 songs have ruled Billboard's Holiday 100 since the list began in 2011, and two-thirds of them were written before 1980. Uh, So we got All I Want for Christmas is You, number one. Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee, made in 1958. Jingle Bell Rock by Bobby Helms in 1957. The Christmas Song Merry Christmas to You by Nat King Cole in 1946. A Holly Jolly Christmas, Burt Ives in 1965. The Most Wonderful Time of the Year, Andy Williams, 1963. Feliz Navidad, Jose Feliciano, 1970. Last Christmas, Wham, 1984. White Christmas, Bing Crosby, 1942. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Gene Autry, 1949. Let It Snow, Times Three, Dean Martin, 1959. Christmas Eve, Trans-Siberian Orchestra, 1998. That's a pretty mm-hmm. recent one. Michael Bublé's It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas. More recent in 2011. Sleigh Ride by the Ronettes in 1963. Mary Did You Know, Pentatonix's version, 2014, most recent so far. Uh, Happy Christmas War is Over, John and Yoko, 1971. Blue Christmas, Elvis Presley, 1957. Pentatonix's Hallelujah, again, not really a Christmas song, 2016. That's the most recent. Wonderful Christmas Time, Paul McCartney, 1979. And Christmas Canon, Trans-Siberia Orchestra, 
1996. So most of these 1900s, mm-hmm. most of them far back 1900s before we were born, at least. Uh, a handful of them from the most recent few decades, mm-hmm. but still overwhelming old. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's going on here? The answer is nostalgia, mm-hmm. said literally every person contacted for this story. Uh, <laughs> All John, two people. No, I'm just kidding. John Bennett, uh, professor of musicology at uh, Berkeley College of Music, says generally popular music is about putting yourself out there. New relationships, new beginnings, being young and single and dancing. Christmas music is almost the reverse of that, conceptually and lyrically. It's all about homecoming, nostalgia, looking back to a more innocent time in one's life or cultural history. Uh, We could argue nonstop about what constitutes the holiday canon, but the top of the top is pretty clear and pretty old. Most were written in the 1970s or earlier, and many of the most popular versions of those songs were released that long ago as well. Only three of the most popular 20 songs were released this century, and all... Uh, are covers of much older songs. So only three on that list, mm-hmm. uh, cover or not, came out in this century. <laughs> uh, Pentatolic's cover of Hallelujah is the newest song on the list. Again, the oldest song on the list was Bing Crosby's White Christmas in 1942. Also, it's a pretty good movie. I don't really like those old movies all that much, but I like White Christmas. It is one of my favorites. <laughs> Holiday music bar, uh, burrows... <laughs> Anyway. Into a sweet spot in our brain's wiring, says uh, Brian Rabinovitz, a lecturer at the College of William and Mary, whose expertise is a, is a neuroscience of music. All music can stimulate the brain's pre- pleasure centers, he said, but holiday music can evoke treasured memories on top of that, courtesy of the brain's filing system. Tonal patterns, autobiographical events are processed in overlapping regions of the medical prefrontal cortex. So we're talking about full-on brain science here. This is brain surgery. Uh, That means that even though you might be into avant-garde jazz, death metal, or emo the rest of the year, you may involuntarily turn to mush when you hear White Christmas because your brain associates that song with baking cookies in Grandma's kitchen when you were six. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some songs do break in uh, to that mix, but it's a real challenge to add something new to the canon uh, because it's by intention not... <laughs> the, okay. If you're bringing in a new song, a new Christmas song, new lyrics, new idea, not a cover of an old thing, it's by definition not a classic that you're bringing. You're not tapping into the feelings that everybody already has at Christmas. Mm -hmm. You're trying to generate new feelings. That's very difficult to do. But artists keep trying, and every decade or so, some people succeed. John Lennon and Yoko Ono did it in 1971 with Happy Christmas War is Over. Paul McCartney did it with Wonderful Christmas Time in 1979. Last Christmas by Wham, 1984. And, uh, of course, sitting pretty in a red elf soup atop all of the Mariah Carey... CDs is uh, 1994's All I Want for Christmas is You. <sighs> it's almost like buying a lottery ticket and burying it in the backyard, said post-music critic Chris Richards. Wow. If your song ends up striking gold, striking gold! You end up in every rotation every December until the end of time. I mean, it really is. If you can break the Christmas wall mm-hmm. <laughs> and get yourself ingrained in that rotation... 
it will never stop. Mm-hmm. It will never stop. Uh, but songs that make the top of the list tend to have certain similarities. Usually they have short, repetitive lyrics, standard holiday themes. They don't really have a lot to make sense of uh, or a lot of sense to make. Mel Torme's A Christmas Song is just a litany of images. Chestnuts roasting, Jack Frost nipping, carolers, mistletoe, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and we love it. Bennett analyzed the lyrics of a UK Spotify top 200 streams from Christmas week in 2016 and found 78 were holiday songs, most of which also show up on the US list. These lyrics, or sorry, the lyrics of those 78 fell into at least one and often more of the eight thematic buckets of Christmas. Uh, So these are them. Home, Santa, in love, snow, lost love, party, Peace on Earth, Religious, and we added a ninth one, Instrumental. There is uh, one song that tops the charts every year that also tops the top four of those buckets, Home, Santa, In Love, and Snow. And that's Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. I don't care about the presents underneath the Christmas tree. Home. Santa won't bring me the one I really need. Santa. Make my wish come true, baby. All I want for Christmas is you. In love. I won't ask for much this Christmas. I won't even wish for snow. Snow. Like, she she got it down to a science. And I'm pretty sure it was by accident. Nearly all of the songs been analyzed were in a major key. 90% were 4-4 four, four time, and, which is the most danceable time signature. Four beats a measure, quarter notes gets a beat. Uh, they average a tempo of 115 beats per minute. Uh... I mean, nearly half of the songs feature audible sleigh bells. That in and of itself is a nostalgia -hmm. (laughs) nostalgia trigger. Uh You might not even really realize it's there, but you just hear that Mm -hmm. in the back, and that gets you. Um, I was listening to, what was I listening to? There was something something I was playing or doing that was mildly Christmas-themed, but I just heard very gently in the background. There wasn't even music playing, but you could just hear the little sleigh bells in the background. And I'm like, Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it just triggers something. Mm -hmm. Let's see here. So, obviously, the way most artists go to get popular at Christmas time is covers. Right. Cover songs. Yeah. Uh, Michael Bublé probably being the most uh, successful at this. Of the 20 songs that dominate the Billboard's list, many are covers. Because we're enamored with the old stuff, it's not surprising that the canon is littered with newer versions of classics. One of the most recent is by the current king of holiday covers, Canadian crooner Michael Bublé, whose 2011 album Christmas provided 10 of the songs in Bennett's 78 uh, list that he used for that uh, chart. So what the album lacks in original songs it, it makes up for in production value. He's choosing very old songs that are very popular, but were recorded a long time ago, and so they don't have that like HD sound mm-hmm. that we're used to now. He's uh, He chose all these sounds, did them in a very similar way. He didn't really change the songs up too much. Mm-hmm. Kept them very classic, kept them very delightful. Uh, of... <laughs> 
Okay. Of all the Christmas songs that are in that uh, top list of 78, Michael Buble has covered 13% of them. Like, that's a, a big chunk already of any list. But, like, he's, if he keeps doing this, which I think he has two Christmas albums out now, I don't quite remember. But if he keeps doing this, he could be the king of Christmas forever. Oh. <laughs> so, what you want to do, and, and this, is, this is what I was saying, what you want to do with Christmas covers is you do want to kind of make it your own, but at the same time, you want to keep it as classic as possible. And so, that's exactly what, uh, Rabinet says here, he says, our brains feel rewarded when they correctly predict what happens next. And so with Christmas songs that we already know and love from the past, if we have a new cover, your brain wants it to be the way it was, mm -hmm. wants to follow the note pattern perfectly. If that prediction that our brain makes is wrong, we may feel discombobulated for a moment. But if the surprise is not too drastic, our brains might decide that they like the change. And then they're often happier than if there had been no surprise in the first place. That's why many of us like surprise parties and roller coasters, even though they are initially terrifying. It works the same with music. You can have your prediction violated, but still find it wonderful. But it's a gamble. Because mm -hmm. if you make a little surprise, a little twist, a little change that you don't like, you've ruined the song. Right. Even if it's just a single note going in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. That's why cover artists tinker a little, but don't usually stray wildly from the original arrangements. Uh, the first raspy syllables of Bruce Springsteen's 1975 Santa Claus is Coming to Town, you know you're not hearing Fred Astaire's version from the 1970 TV show, which was itself one of many covers of a 1934 song. The timing between words is different. Some notes stay down when your brain thinks they should go up, but you also hear those sleigh bells and you know the words, and well, your brain decides that the boss's version is pretty darn good after all, even though it's pretty different. The original Have Yourself a Merry Christmas was recorded by Judy Garland in 1944, and this version appears in the Holiday 100 along with eight different covers of the same song from 2011 through 2019. So, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Judy Garland, Meet Me in St. Louis, 1944. Frank Sinatra, 1947. The Carpenters, 1978. Michael Buble, 2011. Or, I'm sorry, I went backwards. Christina Aguilera, 2000. James Taylor, 2006. Michael Buble, 2011. Uh, Jewel and uh, Home Free, acapella band, 2013. Cat Power, 2013. Sam Smith, 2014. Like, it's common. <laughs> to just beat these songs into the ground, and yet we don't get sick of them. Mm -hmm. Now, there are some weird songs, uh, like, well, I, I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas. Hippopotamus <laughs> for Christmas. Uh, Dominic the Donkey. Oh, that is actually one of my favorites. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I heard it for the first time last year at a light show, one of the, one of the neighborhood houses. Mm -hmm. Anyway. And I was like, what song is this? <laughs> I love it. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Adam Sandler's The Hanukkah Song. All of these are novelty songs. And they uh, they don't hit that top chart because not everybody can sync with them. A lot of people enjoy them, but not enough to really 
get in the top 10, the top 20, the top 40. Which is kind of sad. Which is kind of sad. But they do have their own nostalgia thing, especially when you heard them as children. If you learn them as children, what? I was just about to say, if you were to poll a group of kids, guaranteed they'd make it in the top 10 for sure. Because those are fun. Yeah. Um, Up on the house top. Up on the house. All I want for Christmas, two front teeth. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm getting nothing for Christmas. I'm getting nothing for Christmas, because I ain't been nothing but bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to think of more. I can't think of any more. <laughs> so uh, Jose Feliciano feared that his 1970 cultural mashup Feliz Navidad would never get U.S. airplay Feliz because he thought Navidad. it was a novelty song that was ridiculously too simple. Six words in Spanish, 14 in English, set to a Latin beat, but it is now among the most popular holiday songs of all time. And the only thing it says in two different languages is, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry (laughs) Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. It's got a vanilla theme. It's got a peppy beat, endless repetition, easy to remember lyrics, and uh, maracas and sleigh bells. I mean, all of that in any other song would not have the staying power, would not even have the draw. Sure. Of a song, but mm-hmm. because it's this Christmas song, it works. Yeah, because we look for something different in Christmas music mm-hmm. than any other music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So in the in the holiday one hundred, uh, typically we're having more in this list by acapella group Pentatonics. Than we do by Michael Bublé, even though Michael Bublé is considered kind of the king of current Christmas music. Uh, And I think it's because Pentatonix gives us still the exact same music, but in a, a pleasing way that is just different enough to make us kind of stand back in awe. Because we realize we're hearing these classic Christmas songs the way we want to hear them. But there's no instrument. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I'm I'm still enjoying this like I would if I was listening to the original version, but somehow they're doing it with just voices. And that kind of puts us in a, almost its own state of wonder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because it's not only comforting mm-hmm. with the nostalgia of a song that we know and love, but it's also captivating in the fact that it's being sung in a way that we've never heard before, mm-hmm. but yep. good. Right. And Pentatonix got popular from the sing-off, which was a fantastic, fantastic comp- vocal competition show, which I really wish they'd bring back. But they didn't really like take off to their superstardom like they have now till they started doing Christmas music. They came out with that first Christmas album, which I think they have three or four now, but came out with that first Christmas album and it blew everything else out of the water that year. And it sent them to this kind of superstar stratus that most acapella groups, I'd say nearly every other acapella group, will never reach. Yeah. <laughs> I can only think of two acapella groups ever right off the top of my head. And that's Pentatonix and acapella. Yeah. Which was a same, Christian, same. <laughs> Christian band. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think it's only because their name is the style of music. Acapella. Yep. <laughs> Yep. 
So when it comes down to it, the reason why so much of the top 100 or the top 20, however you want to look at it, is either the original version of these songs from decades ago or covers of those original versions is because we just look for something different with Christmas music mm -hmm. than we do any other time of the year. That's all it boils down to. Nostalgia. It's a powerful thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any last words? Um, What's your favorite Christmas song? I'm pretty certain. I don't, I, oh, okay. yeah, we were going to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I will tell you one song that I really like. It's new. What's your favorite new Christmas song? That's the question we're talking about. You ready? Yeah. You Make It Feel Like Christmas by Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. My favorite new Christmas song is Never Ending Christmas by Peabod. It's just, it's fun. It's a fun Christmas song. That's how I feel about You Make It Feel Like Christmas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't think Sweet I've actually heard that Sweet gingerbread made with molasses. My oh, okay. heart skips and I react. Okay. That's a different, that's a different tone than I thought that song was going to take. I, I love it. I love it. Uh, listen to both those songs I this week, everybody. Thank that's your assignment. Baby. <laughs> Not Mo's you version. Make it the real one. Like Christmas. <laughs> mm hmm now, in our first two discussions, we talked all about the Christmas classics, but as we made clear in both, the number one Christmas song of all time is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, when we come back, we're going to learn way more than we ever wanted to know about this Christmas earworm. Stick around. time for hope. I'm fairly certain I'm not alone when I say Christmas is my favorite time of year. What many don't typically realize, though, is behind those eggnog lattes, decorative wrapping paper, and twinkling lights, many are struggling. What is celebrated as the most wonderful time does not always feel wonder-filled. As our calendars fill and our bank accounts empty, we can find ourselves overwhelmed with emotions sometimes hard to control. As we watch our favorite childhood movies or try to find the recipe for our favorite cookie, our hearts ache over the memory of someone not celebrating with us. As we watch friends partake in activities with their families, we mourn over the dream we wish was our reality. The holiday season is often associated with joy and wonder, which leaves those of us feeling opposite emotions, questioning our sanity. If this is you, you're not alone. Let us not forget though, even in spite of the emotions, there is hope. There is peace, there is joy. When your hearts lean more toward pain and despair, take time to focus your mind on the promise found in the season, the true reason for the season. Just as the Messiah was longed for, you may be longing. Just as his arrival was anticipated, you may be anticipating the arrival of something, something to bring you comfort and security. I hope you find comfort in remembering the arrival of a savior is not something you need to anticipate. He has already arrived. Unlike the wise men who searched for good news, your good news is never far away. Just as Elizabeth's unborn child leapt within her womb at the news of the first holiday season, you too can leap for joy knowing Jesus is where we find hope. He is our joy and with him we have peace. No matter the season you're in, remember where your joy comes from, in whose plan you can have peace, and just as Matthew 12, 21 states, in his name will be the hope of all the world. 
back to the Backrow Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. There's a lot going on in our Discord, backrowdiscord.com, where you get to chat after the show, share your own show ideas, keep up to date with our Twitch and YouTube, be a part of our radio shows, and also see the behind-the-scenes workings of Backrow Games, including Sunday School Answers. Again, go to backrowdiscord.com to join. This week, we are learning about the Christmas music that we all know and love. So far, we've talked about all the classics, but one song has been dominating the airwaves for 27 years. And that's Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You, and we're going to learn all about it today. All right. We've got a list of 24 things you didn't know about Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas. There's 24 is things. You. That's right. About the song. Yes. That they think I don't know. Yeah. Are you ready? No. <laughs> Number one, it was the first song to be a hit in four separate decades. Not the first Christmas song. The, the first, first song. song. Interesting. The song has charted every single holiday season since its release 27 years ago. Um, this is not the holiday charts. This is the main top 40 charts, which means... 2020 marked the fourth straight decade that the song was no, a number one hit in, something no other artist has ever done. Yeah. Number two, the song finally made the Billboard Hot 100 in 2019. So it didn't make the Hot 100 until 2019. What year did it come out? 94. Wow. So even though the song literally wow. owned the number one spot on the Holiday 100 chart for 38 consecutive weeks, weeks because duh, All I Want for Christmas is You took over the Hot 100 list for the first time ever 25 years after it was released. That is bonkers. Mm -hmm. This marked Mariah's 19th number one on the Hot 100, second to only The Beatles. Mariah, number three, has won three Guinness World Records for this song. What? Here they are. Highest charting holiday song on the Billboard US Top 100 by a solo artist. Mm -hmm. Most stream song on Spotify in 24 hours. And most weeks in the UK singles top 10 chart for a Christmas song. Y'all stop streaming the song. Just turn on the radio. You will hear it on every station. Number four. It's actually broken the record for the most played song on Spotify twice. On Christmas Day in 2018, the song broke Spotify's single day record with 10.82 million plays in 24 hours. But it was beat a few months later by Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber's I Don't Care. Then on Christmas Day 2019, the song took back its throne with more than 12 million streams. Hmm. Number five, the song inspired an animated movie. What? Starring Mariah herself. Did you know this? I, I had know this. no idea. Uh, if you're looking for another Christmas movie to watch this year while you're all cozied up under a blanket with some hot chocolate in hand, look no further than 2017's animated direct-to-video movie, All I Want for Christmas is You. Uh, it is Mariah herself, but as a young girl with a wholesome Christmas wish for a puppy. So it's not even used as a love song. It's used as a, I want to, well, I mean, kind of a love song, but not like a, not like a love song. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> love for a dog. Okay. Love for a dog. I play the trailer. I, don't want I probably can't play that. <laughs> with the song. <laughs> uh, can I get to a point with talking? For whatever reason, Santa couldn't seem to get it together. Hi, Mariah. Have you heard of the community charity league fashion show we're putting on? I would love to be in it. 
great. We're short one girl with a dog. Oh, I got myself into a fix. I had old. <laughs> I don't even want to listen to the rest of it. <laughs> I had gotten myself uh, into a fix. Number six, Mariah was originally going to just cover another Christmas song. Oh, I did know this one. <laughs> yeah, according to an Amazon Music mini documentary about the song, the record label initially thought the album would just be covers. But Mariah got inspired by the Christmas spirit and wrote her own hit instead. Number seven, to celebrate the song's 25th anniversary, Mariah went on a mini tour. Marking a quarter century of whistle tones and joy, Mariah went on a limited holiday tour. Uh, in the 25th, a couple years ago. Yeah. Number eight, Mariah released even more deluxe content in 2019, I think. 2020? I don't remember. The Merry Christmas album was just last year reissued as a deluxe anniversary edition. She also put out unreleased footage for a new music video. Number nine, Mariah co-wrote the entire thing in about 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. She co-wrote the holiday hit with veteran songwriter Walter Walter Cronkite, <laughs> uh, who no. says the speed in which they wrote it is a secret to the song's success. It's definitely not Swan Lake, he said, but that's why it's so popular, because it's so simple and palatable. Sure. <laughs> Number 10, Merry Christmas uh, was Mariah's first holiday album and fourth studio album. This is her fourth album. Wow. Uh, number 11, Mariah originally didn't want to record it or any of the songs or do an album, period. 1994. A Christmas Chris album, yeah, yeah. Christmas albums were for older mm -hmm. artists and has-beens. In her book, Hitmaker, The Man and His Music, Mimi's then-husband and music executive Tommy Matatla uh, remembers her seeing the cover of the Merry Christmas album and saying to him, what are you trying to do, turn me into Connie Francis? It was a low blow. Jeez. <laughs> uh, number 12, Mariah's husband at the time played Santa Claus in the music video. Interesting. Marla makes a cameo appearance, uh, appearance <laughs> as Santa Claus, bringing Mariah a gift and leaving on a red sleigh. 12, or sorry, 13, it's the second song to have that name. Mariah is the true original, but the song's title is not so much. Vince Vance and the Valiants released. Okay, so you know what? This is a different song. We went over that list, and I thought this was a cover. Wow. I'm going to kick you in your you teeth right now. kick me in my teeth. They came out with a song called All I Want for Christmas is You in 1989. Uh, but Mariah's Bop's Totally Unique sounds nothing like the country song. Wow. I'm sorry. Vince Vance. I gave you a hard time. I apologize. I was I wrong. I just want to know when... When did they... Oh, they're the early 90s. Never mind. <laughs> I was really hoping they were a 50s, 50s or 60s. Well, I just said the song came out in 89. Yeah. <sighs> it said 1990 on here. I'm so. not going to high road you again. No. I high road you the first time for that last one, and it that backfired on me. High roaded. Oh, maybe I yeah. read it wrong. 1980. Okay. It's an, number 14. It's an international hit. It was commercially successful in a lot of countries, topping the charts in Hungary, while reaching number two in Australia, Japan, the Netherlands, Norway, and the UK, and the top 10 in several others. What can I say? The Golden Butterfly's Christmas album is undeniable in any language. Number 15. It was recorded in August. <laughs> not at Christmas time. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, you can't, right, you can't record you can't a Christmas album at yeah, Christmas. Everybody. 
all the Christmas, like new Christmas songs that come out every year usually start coming out in the beginning of October, which is still way too early for Christmas. But that's how you got to do it. You got to get her done before the season. Sneak in. It is not way too early. (laughs) Goats love it. That's number 16. Not so much a fact as it is a meme. Ah! (laughs) Number 17, it's widely popular. Global sales, more than 14 million copies. The song is the elusive uh, biggest international success and the 11th best-selling single of all time. 18, it's wildly lucrative. As of 2017, the song was reported to have earned $60 million in royalties, and every year it gets more popular, so it's safe to say... one song. That's it. Safe to say Mariah's pretty set. Uh, Number 19, there is no... Oh, this one broke my heart a little. There's no actual band playing in this song. Mm -hmm. It was arranged entirely on a computer. (laughs) The only thing that's real is Mariah and her background vocalists. (laughs) So there wasn't even a band. Uh, 20, Mariah adapted it into a book. Uh, It came out in 2015. It's called All I Want for Christmas is You, and it is once again about a dog. Mm-hmm. 21, is this song about a dog? (laughs) I'm starting to think this song's about a dog. I'm going to need to pull up the lyrics so I can read it real quick. Twenty-one. There are three music videos for this song. First, there's a classic home movie style that Mariah directed and filmed herself in Christmas of '93. Then there's an alternate one inspired by the Ronettes, in which Mariah gets groovy with some go-go dancers. And finally, a remix one, which is animated. Number twenty-two. The song has been covered by literally everyone: Shania Twain, John Mayer, The Cheetah Girls, Demi Lovato, My Chemical Romance. Seriously, if you haven't covered "All I Want for Christmas Is You," you might be dead. Number 23, Mariah's favorite line is the best line. I won't even wish for snow. Why is that her favorite line? I don't know. (laughs) She said it's her favorite part of the song because I always wish for snow. I always want it to be a special festive winter wonderland. I always have. And so when I was writing these things down, I made a list of all the stuff that I thought of since childhood and crafted it to be about a long lost love. So when she's saying I won't even wish for snow, that's like the big thing. Mm. That's the big thing. Okay, I can understand that then. And 24, the song was inspired by 1950s and 1960s music. The only feeling Mariah wanted to evoke in you when hearing this song was pure and utter bliss. Uh, That's why the vibe of it stems from the good old hits of the olden days. When you listen to one of the songs of the time, uh, say from Motown, and you couldn't help but be happy. Uh, And that's exactly what she said on her Amazon special. And again, that's what we were talking about. In the previous uh, discussion about, you know, why we go for these older Christmas songs as opposed to newer ones. Yeah, but I got to say, when it came out, I would not have thought that it had an older feel to it. To me, it has a very 90s feel. No. I literally, until I found out that this was done in 94, I literally thought this was from the 60s. What? For most of my life. No. Yeah. Mm -mm. It sounds, (laughs) no. Mm -mm. It sounds nothing like... Sunny and Cher. 
no, nothing no, 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 like no, no, no. the Beatles. I didn't. Oh, so let like, me let me rephrase that. I didn't think that specific song, like she recorded, was. I thought the, the original lyrics. song lyrics, okay. whatever. Well, was then from yeah. Fast. So this was Obviously. a cover. <laughs> Of something from the 60s. I think okay. I thought it sounded like that. And this Obviously, was a... I thought the same because I didn't realize it was her own original right. song. <laughs> but, okay. I don't get that, like... It doesn't give you that nostalgic feeling? even though. Well, it's... here's well, the mean, thing. It does now. It does now because, because how many... Yeah. yeah. It was... But... It's almost as old as we are. Uh, yeah. Oh, well. But when it first came out, I mean... 94, you said? Yeah. Yeah, so that's right at the time where you're, like, trying to venture into your own music and figure out what kind, you know, we would have been nine, ten years old. A little bit. Yeah. And so, yeah, I can, I I don't know. I would not have felt nostalgic to it at that point. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, it's definitely an earworm. Uh -huh. Like I said, uh before I, even though I don't particularly care for the song, if it gets in my head, it's there for the entirety of Christmas. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing: I don't. If when it gets in my head and I don't like it as a song, I also don't sing it appropriately in my head, and so it's not like an enjoyable stuck in my head. It's a I want to bang my head against the wall, get this out of my head moment. Oh, sorry. You, you scared me <laughs> with your setup to that. What? Because you said when it's in my head and I don't like it, I don't sing it appropriately in my head. Oh. And then you said, it's a, all I want is to bang my <laughs> head up against the wall. <laughs> and I... My heart went into my throat for a second. <laughs> I'm like, what is, what's going on? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> I'm having a stroke. <laughs> Stepped into another dimension. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. That's man. how I feel every time I hear the song. Where am what I? What is happening? How is this still happening? The song has been playing for 27 minutes. Yes. <laughs> What's your least favorite Christmas song? All I want for Christmas is you. <laughs> your least favorite, really? Um, Mine's definitely Santa, no, Santa Baby. Yeah, Santa Baby. Well, no, not Santa Baby. Last Christmas. Last not, Christmas is your least favorite. Yeah, I like Santa Baby. Ugh. I don't. I would listen to Christmas Santa shoes Baby. all day before I listen to one song of Santa Baby. Oh, see, <laughs> I don't know. I like Santa Baby gives me more of a nostalgic feel than All I Want for Christmas is You. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We talked about in the previous segment, we talked about how sometimes covers of songs can go too far in changing mm -hmm. things mm -hmm. to where you just lose it. You don't like it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure FM Static did that with Christmas Shoes. Because FM Static covered their own version of Christmas Shoes, but they did it in the FM Static kind of pop rock style that and sounds almost work. nothing like the original. Yeah. Uh, and people hate it more than the original. <laughs> 
and they hate the original quite a bit. I mean, maybe that was what they were going for. <laughs> they wanted people to stop hating on the song. <laughs> we'll and so take, they're like, you know what? We'll take the heat for you. We'll take care song. of this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. Well, that's going to do it with our week of Christmas music. What are your favorite Christmas songs? Do they line up with the list that we went through earlier? Uh, or are you one of those weirdos who hates Christmas music? We want to know your thoughts. Join us at backrowdiscord.com and tell us your thoughts in the Respond to Show channel. We're going to take one more break. When we come back, we'll bring it full circle with a Twitter poll about Mariah Carey's classic, and we'll share some things that we love. Stick around. Hey, everyone. I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So I just spent a week at Disney World with my new in-laws. My wife recently found her father on Ancestry.com. So we have this whole new set of parents and grandparents um, inducted into our family. And so we went on our first Disney trip with my new in-laws. And uh, we were planning out what days we were going to go to what parks, what rides we were going to ride and stuff like that. And one of the things that we had to take into account was the fact that my new in-laws are muggles. Like for real, for real muggles, like not involved in pop culture, um, don't know anything about Star Wars past episode one, uh, not just not interested in pop culture and stuff like that. So we had to determine that when we're planning out the days and times that we're going to spend at these parks, where we were going to bring them along. And because the reality is them waiting in line for a roller coaster in general felt like a foreign concept, but asking them to wait two or three hours to uh, ride like Star Wars Rise of the Resistance or Smuggler's Run or to go through a uh, workshop where we build lightsabers together. It was just not something that they would enjoy. And in fact, they would probably receive it very poorly. And it made me think of this Bible verse in Matthew 7, verse 6. Um, and there's no negative connotation to them as I'm saying this, but do not give dogs what is sacred and do not cast your pearls before swine. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. And it's just this simple concept of know when the right time to throw out what's important. And asking my in-laws to go sit through Star Wars stuff, that would be a waste. And so often I think we, in an effort just to check evangelism off of our list, will throw the gospel out in situations and in circumstances where it's not welcome, wanted, appropriate or needed and we end up taking something precious and just kind of using it at the wrong time remember to catch faith and fandom 180 every wednesday morning on the back row morning show only on ltn radio and if you'd like to learn more about faith and fandom head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our comic-con ministry podcasts memes apparel and book series you can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book i'm hector mirai and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me Well, 
Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show, and things are winding down for the day. And we wanted to know, what do you think of Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You? We gave you four options. somebody op- be with me. Please, somebody <laughs> be with me. We gave you four options. Best Christmas song. I absolutely hate it. Annoying Earworm, which is not hate it, but find it annoying. And it's on the playlist, which is not best Christmas song, but I'll be listening to it this year. What do you think the number one was? Probably it's on the playlist. Correct. 43%. 43% said it's on the playlist. Uh, number two was Annoying Earworm, 32.6%. I Absolutely Hate It was number three. It's 16.3%. And Best Christmas Song was Dead Last, 8.1%. How in the world does that make any sense? <laughs> it has been the number one Christmas song for how many years? But yet, according to our audience and our Twitter poll... I think it would still work because when you're building a playlist, That's you're true. not building it you know, number-wise, yeah. but it's on most people's playlists. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But so. again, oh. there are so few people who think that it's the best Christmas song. Compared. But it's on yeah. everybody's playlist. I don't understand. I don't get it. That's that's the way the cookie grumbles. <laughs> now, before we go, we want to share some things that we love. Do you want to go first? You want to go first? You I don't have a first. lot to say about mine because I can't. But my favorite thing this week is Spider-Man No Way Home. I can't tell you anything mm-hmm. about it. I can't tell you why. I can't <laughs> tell you why I loved it. I can't tell you my preparation for how I enjoyed it. You just gotta know. Can't do any of that because all of it could be spoilers. Even me saying that there are spoilers could be a spoiler. So I'm just gonna say it's a great movie. Probably my favorite Spider-Man movie of all time. Go watch it. All right, now I'm gonna bring it back because it's Christmas week, and we're bring it back. Not referencing Spider-Man superhero movies right now, homie. My something that I love this week is a Christmas movie. Oh, gross. Uh, Die Hard. A Boy Named Christmas. Huh? On Netflix. What? Mm, It's so good. I've never heard of it. So I'm pretty certain it's a new Netflix original this year. Um, This is the first time that I'm seeing it, at least. And it is about, oh, A Boy Called Christmas. I'm sorry. Boy Called Christmas. A Boy Called Christmas. And yes, it is new this year 2021 and it's just about a boy whose mom um, had passed away but before she passed away she would tell him about the story of these elves in this far off land and a girl who happened upon where the elves live one one day and spent a day with them and then made her way back home. Um, so this story ended up becoming legend and some people believed it. Some people didn't. And obviously if the boys called Christmas and his name is Nicholas, you can kind of guess where it goes. Head elf. (laughs) 
something like that. No, so okay, got it. It's it's really good. It's really good. It's just a good. Spin. So it's another it's another a, a different retelling take on the origins of Santa, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah, much but like it's so uh, good. one I think came out either last year or the year before called. Uh, I think it's just called Claws, but with a K. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one. And uh, I'm pretty sure that was a Netflix one, too. So that is animated. Yes. A Boy Called Christmas is not. It's not, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that one was also just a wildly different wildly different take on how Santa Claus came to be that I really, really enjoyed. Yeah. It's kind of dark, but entertaining, yeah. funny. Uh, I liked it. A Boy Called Christmas is really good. Boy Called good. Christmas. And I might it, have to give it a shot. There's a lot of, like... I would say it leans more towards fantasy, which is typically not my cup of tea. Me neither. But I loved it. Okay. Really good. I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to give it a try. Mo, let's end with our verse for the day. Our verse for the day is Matthew 1, 21. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. That's going to do it for the Back Row Morning Show for this week. We hope you enjoyed our discussion, and we look forward to having you join us again tomorrow. We've got one final show this year and this season, and it's tomorrow, our Christmas Eve Eve special. Now, remember that we air our full morning shows first exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNOnAir.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with Noncore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, you can find our three full shows and our weekly main podcast by searching The Back Row Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review. Do it, and we'll love you forever. Check out lovethynerd.com. We've got amazing articles on all things nerdy, other podcasts and videos, and a lot more. And if you'd like to directly support our mission and become a financial partner with Love Thy Nerd, even specifically with LTN Radio, please visit lovethynerd.com slash partner. And you can choose LTN Radio from the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. And make sure you're following us on all the socials. We're on the book, the twit, the gram, and the talk. Just search for at the back row LTN and connect with us. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus Jesus loves loves you, nerd. nerd.